Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for emerging entrepreneurs who are hungry for impact and doing business their own way. I'm Cindy Van Arnhem, your rebellious leader for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to unlock their limitless potential through the power of self-mastery. The key to claiming your potential, trusting your wisdom, and creating infinite possibility in your world. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited to have Carissa Lynn Renner with us today. She's from The Bold Vocal, and she is passionate about helping you use your voice as your tool. And I can't wait to dive into this conversation. Welcome, Carissa. Thank you for being here. Hi, Cindy. I'm so happy to be here. I adore you, and I'm so thrilled that you invited me here today. I love it. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing in the world and what your idea of self-mastery is. Ooh, yeah, that's good. So I, what, I'm what people would probably call a vocal coach in a traditional sense, but I have started really moving out um, into a more of a transformational coach space because as I worked with singers and with my own self-mastery, over the years I, and mastering my own singing voice, I realized that there is a huge connection between your well-being and the way that you use your voice and that we can intentionally use the voice as a tool of self-mastery, even if you have no intention of ever singing in front of anyone. Um, it's really cool. It's connected to your vagus nerve, which uh, is interfaced with your parasympathetic nervous system. So the voice mm-hmm. and the breath can combine to create this really calming and lovely energy shift that um, we can do on, you know, like that. You just have to know how it works. So um, that was kind of a byproduct of just learning to sing and I've always used music to process my emotions, to process my world. Um, And as I started working with singers, what I realized is that it's often, like more often than not, it's not their voice that's uh, holding them back. It's rarely a vocal problem. And sometimes Mm. it is, but rarely, it's usually uh, has to do with mindset or a nervous system reaction to um, anxiety or to fear surrounding something. So what I found myself doing was mostly sort of life coaching singers into singing better and believing that they can. And that has morphed into what I really think my calling is, at least at this moment in my life, which is to help women in general develop their own sense of power through their voice. And self-mastery for me is an energy thing. It's an energetic um, practice because Mm -hmm. it's absolutely tied into the mind and the thoughts because I'm someone who's really battled anxiety and depression throughout my life. I have a lot of traumas, like micro traumas that added up over time and kind of put me in this very dark spot. I've experienced some pretty severe loss in my life and as a young person. So um, my journey of self-mastery really came from learning to heal and then learning that I actually have a say in some of those states of mind and some of those states of being, which they don't have to like rule you. (laughs) Oh yeah, I love that, I love that. There's so much gold in what you just said. Which rabbit hole do I want to go down? So I think let's talk about this idea of the the voice and sound and vibration and energetics because there's a lot of 
scientific background around how sound can affect us, even like monks chanting, you know, using the the om, all of those pieces. That's all of that vocal energetics. Let's dive down there. Yes. Okay. So this is actually something I'm still really uncovering in my own education because again, I was taught very traditional vocal pedagogy. You make the vowel sounds and you make the sounds, you know, I was taught to sing very in a very traditional sense. And as I've gotten into this work, I'm learning so much that, you know, the chakras have each have a tone um, that is associated with them and the frequencies of different healing, the hurts, you know, so these, mm -hmm. these ideas of sound baths, you can go have someone play the bowls. Well, yes. you can essentially create your own sound bath from the inside out. And so if you feel a very powerful shift when you go sit in the presence of music, or even if you just used a Spotify playlist to shift your vibe, shift your energy. You know, if you're feeling down, you play a happy song or a song can call up a memory. I'm getting chills when I talk about this. There's so much energy surrounding this. And I think we're all aware on some level, the power of music and what it can do for our mood, our healing processes, our, our emotions. But, um, what we haven't really started to talk about is that you have music within you. And even if you don't believe that you do, you don't have mm -hmm. to be born some crazy talented person to use these tools. And if you think that the shift that happens when you sit amongst sound waves and you feel that shift in your own energetic field is powerful, then wait till you try it from the inside out because you're literally, you're moving energy through your, your physical being and, and shifting from the inside. It's amazing. It's like you're, to me, it's like you're shaking loose with vibration, any stuckness, any shadow, anything that's there, you're kind of shaking it and then sweeping it out on the breath and just letting it like purging it and it's amazing <laughs> i love it i love it and so yeah i mean everybody is sound we are all energetic waves and frequencies and sound is nothing but a frequency and each of the chakras have those different frequencies that allow us to you know create or build things or channel <laughs> all of those pieces right i love that so how has self-mastery supported you as an entrepreneur Oh, oh my gosh, in every way imaginable, because I like this is I'm somewhat of a baby. I'm not going to call myself a baby entrepreneur. I'll put myself in like the junior category. I've been <laughs> at this for about two years mm -hmm. and I'm just now starting to get into the mode where I'm like continually launching over and over. And I've kind of always got my hands in some sort of a, an offer. Um, and it's what I do full time. Thank you very much. 2020 and COVID. I love this year, so you can at me if you want, but 2020 is awesome. So you guys, <laughs> you're stuck on that. Come sing with me a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving 2020 as 2020 well. 2020 is so. great. I mean, yeah. there's a lot there. I won't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole no. because it's, you know, obviously this is a very uncomfortable time, but there are so many beautiful things being uncovered. And one of them for me that was really lovely was that I, being a musician for my career, because I was a pro singer my whole life. Since I was 15, I've been singing uh, like as my job. Mm -hmm. And I went to school for it in college. And, and being a pro musician carries a lot of financial instability. Like the structure is very unstable. You Some months you have 15 shows in a row and you're like flying all over the place. And other months you're like, I don't know what I can eat tomorrow. You know, yeah. like, can I afford rent? So it's been definitely tumultuous. And 
I really wish I had learned self-mastery earlier because when you are a singer, a pro singer, you essentially are an entrepreneur. You're marketing yourself, your skills, you need to manage your money, you need to put money aside for taxes. Nobody ever told me this stuff. I got in a big bind with the IRS when I was about 10 years ago and I'm still you know, sorting that out. Thank goodness that that's, you know, it's not a problem at this point, but the self-mastery came later in my life and it came as a result of the mental health issues I was struggling from not understanding it. And, and my energy is very wild. My chart is, um, I'm a fire sign with two air signs in my moon and rising. So it's super powerful fire energy and air, but I can be very scattered. I have no earth and no water in my major sign. So I, I tend everybody to be, who's listening is like, what's her number? I'm a seven. <laughs> you told me I'm a seven. Yes. I, think. Yes. I have not uncovered the numerology. Like I haven't lifted that manhole yet and like crawled in because <laughs> I know I'm going to love it. <laughs> like one thing at a time. I'm like, one thing at a time. And that is my tendency being this kind of scattered, really bold personality. I do tend to like, take on everything at once. So yeah. that is one of the things that I, in my journey of self mastery that I'm working toward is just really sort of slowing everything down because I tend to like light a flame and then all that air comes at it and just, and it's like out of control really quickly. So, <laughs> so grounding and slowing down and flow is something that I'm really working toward. And, and it came from, um, I mean, it's hard to drop into this story because there are so many components, but the really big moments were this, like the peaks in this journey was in 2011. I was living with a man whom I thought I would marry. I was like very happy. And for the first time, really like happy in that way. I'd had serious boyfriends, but we'd never lived together. Never really talked about the whole family business. And he was a professional skydiver. And I never really thought much of it because my dad was a pro race car driver. I've been around these extreme sports people kind of my whole life. I was skydiving for a while. And so it just never occurred to me that anything could happen to him. And it did. So he was in an accident with another instructor and it was sort of like a car accident. It wasn't, um, there was no like crazy hot dogging going around. He didn't do anything stupid. It was just, they didn't see each other in the landing of their parachutes and they collided. And that caused their parachutes to tangle and they both fell and perished in the accident. So that was in 2011. And it was just this day of my life that was, I, my best friend was on the way from St. Louis, Missouri, where I was born and raised to meet my boyfriend for the first time. She'd never met him. It was like, this is serious. I want you to come meet him, come stay with us. So she was on a plane when he passed away and coming to stay with us in our home. <laughs> and um, thank God for that. And I don't use those words lightly. I don't even use the word God all that often, but that's the only thing I can really attribute is that like when this day of my life, this worst day of my life happened, my best friend like got off a plane and caught me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was like this crazy moment where I was running the shower I was running around in my bathrobe and the phone rang and I got this call and I immediately went to like, well, what hospital do I go to? And his boss, you know, was like, no, you don't go anywhere. Stay, stay, stay. Someone's coming to you. And so I went through this process of losing my lover at, I was 28 at the time and he really didn't have family here. So I had to 
do all the things myself. I had to manage his belongings and his final mm. paycheck. And they brought his clothes to me in a biohazard bag. I got his death certificate. Like it was like I was, it was insane. And I got through it with a lot of strength. I'm a strong person. Um, I, I moved in with a girlfriend of mine for a while before I found a permanent house because I couldn't afford our place together. And so I moved in with a girlfriend and she was wonderful. She just took me in, took care of me. So fast forward many, many years, like eight years maybe. So now we're in like 2016. So what is that? 11 to 16, five years, 2017, six years, something like that. And I was in the perfect relationship with a guy in La Jolla. We had this cute little beach cottage and, you know, it was like the white picket fence and everything looked peachy and I was miserable, just so unhappy. And I couldn't tell you why. I really couldn't tell you why. And mostly it was that I had been really numbing a lot of that pain from that loss. I had not really handled it at all. And I didn't go to therapy until a couple of years ago. I like never, never dealt with it in the way that I thought I was dealing with. I thought I was fine. I was like, I'm fine. I picked up yeah. I was strong. I was like, I got this. I'm moving wow. on. I did it all by myself. And it's like that American quality of like hardiness, bootstraps. And so when I broke up with my ex, who was a wonderful person, and I feel terrible that he kind of ended up in this sort of the crossfire of my own life. Um, mm -hmm. As I left him, I moved back in with my friend who had housed me after Chris died. And I kind of was making this joke. I'm like, oh, it's like you're my halfway house between men. <laughs> but then I was like, God, that's so sad. First of all, like, how sad is that? And then second of all, as I was sitting in that room, it was so interesting. It was like, I knew the room and the room knew me. Like the energy of my own loss was still embedded in the walls. I could feel my own heartbreak in this mm -hmm. physical space that I was living in. And it sort of was that wake up moment where it's like, I'm literally moving backwards in my life. I'm back where I started six years ago in this super sad, sad space. And her house is lovely. It's not her. It's, it was me. Yeah. Um, so it, at that point, the serendipitous moment that happened was that I didn't have Wi-Fi that worked well in the room. And what I used to do to one of my numbing tactics throughout all the pain in my life was to just veg out on Netflix. I was always streaming TV and just checked out eating a burrito whatever. I, I think a lot of us have used that as a tool. Yeah, totally. I mean, that is the SoCal numbing mechanism, a California burrito and some Netflix. So as I was unable to do that because there was no Wi-Fi. So what I found myself doing is when I, I had a day job at the time and I would go into work where there was Wi-Fi and I was like, well, maybe I can download some podcasts onto my phone and I can listen to this instead of TV. And then I was like, you know, I feel like I need to make a change. Maybe I will try to find some yoga on there, which I was not successful with. I didn't find yoga, but I did find a podcast called Yoga Girl, who is, she's a huge Instagram person. I didn't know that when I found her. It was just by searching yoga. But she started talking in her podcast. She talks about grief a lot. She's lost a best friend and some very close people and sort of that same thing, young death, tragic, fast. She talks about healing a lot. She talks about um, energy a lot. So I started stepping into that conversation through her. And as I loved it, I, I became really addicted to it. I was like, oh, I'm, I need more and more. And so then I started searching out more and more material in this healing space, in the healing journey. So that's really where my, my self-mastery started to come in, is that 
I knew I needed to make a change because I saw, I witnessed my life moving in away from what I wanted and literally back to the place where I had been years before. And so still so sad. So that was, that was really the big shift for me is thank goodness mm -hmm. there was no Wi-Fi in that bedroom. <laughs> I love that. It's always those little things that make it so that you're almost forced to make a shift and the universe is literally throwing it in your face, right? Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. So what is one truth that you wish every entrepreneur knew? Hmm. I think that, you know, your power really comes from within. And even mm -hmm. I struggle with this. I think we all doubt ourselves from time to time, but it's one of the reasons that I love the voice because it is like your thumbprint. It is so unique to you and it cannot be replaced by anyone else. Once you're gone, your voice is gone, you know, mm -hmm. except for your recordings and things, which is what's an, it's an amazing thing that we have these podcasts and these, these ways that we get to like sort of put ourselves in a time capsule. But it's just, it's the only thing that no one, it's like your thumbprint, your fingerprint. There's no one else with your voice and you can imitate others and you can get really close. But even if you heard a, like an artist doing an impression of someone else, you can, in moments, there are glimpses of that person's voice that creep through the impression. Mm -hmm. Like they can mirror that sound so closely, but every once in a while you hear, you hear the person in there. And so we have, the voice has so much power beyond what I'm kind of fascinated with, which is the vibrational element of it, the healing, capabilities like the, the central nervous system access that you have through the voice beyond that it's our self-expression it's our it's our thoughts it's our power we have you have every capability of creating the change in your world that you want through your voice yes. and how you choose to use it oh i love that so much so if you could share anything with our audience about current events, what would you share? Hmm. Well, this is tricky because I feel the need, as you say that, to acknowledge that I'm a white woman of privilege and that that is a very real thing and that what's happening in our systems is very real. And I've benefited from it my entire life and continue to this day to benefit from it. And I don't agree with that. Um, what I'd like to share about it though, is that we have choices in where we focus our time and energy. And you can be part of the solution there without splaying your insides open and absorbing all of the pain from that. Because mm. as an empathic person, when the George Floyd murder occurred and the um, uprising of America started, uh, it was deeply painful for everyone. I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously the black America is reliving trauma when that happens. And I think white America for the, majority, at least in my experience, was horrified by this. And I, I'd i like to say that you don't have to throw yourself on the cross in order to be of service to the movement that you want. Because 
you cannot help from the same energy of the problem. So if we're absorbing all that pain and we're, we're feeding into the fear and the aggression and like, I mean, it's, it almost feels like we're heading toward a civil war and that's terrifying and, and we feed that. So this is one of the reasons that I'm shifting away from working with exclusively singers, although I love singers and I will always want to work with singers, but why I want to find women in particular who are called toward leadership, who are called toward self-expression is because I, I'm really someone that likes to approach things from the ground up. I think raising the next generation of humans in a very intentional way is very important. I think, um, using our influence and our money toward the causes that we believe in is more effective in some ways than using feeding into the conversation of how wrong it is. We know, we know it's wrong. So what can we do to actually take action? And for me, I'm not somebody that puts my body on the line for that. Like, and that's one way you can protest. You can put your physical body in, in the line of fire. But for me, I know I'm much more powerful with my voice and yes. with my action. So, so I think we're being told that we're expected to do A, B, and C in order to be an ally, in order to be part of the change. And I just want people to know that being an ally can look a lot of different ways. And definitely we should be listening to people of color as they ask things of us and, and, and be of service to that. But know that you only can know how you can help. And if you spend all of your time in the news and on the Facebook and in the clutter, you can't help because your nervous system is shot. You're just in it. You can't. So, And maybe you need some sound to clear some of that out. Thank and song. I mean, that. song. You guys, they're so like, think about songs like the times they are a change in. Mm -hmm. Think about songs got to be some changes made. Um, you know, the staple singers were like these amazing up, you know, this activism happening through the art of music. So your voice can, and imagine the lives that that song, like the Dylan song has touched uh, the times they are a change in. Imagine that song is 50 years old, 40 years yeah. old. I don't know. I don't really want to do the math, but <laughs> that still rings true today as it did then and we yeah. feel that energy again the times they are a change in and we could sit with that dylan song that is so old and feel its presence as though it were brand new so yes. yeah there's there's so much power to be made and and really that reaches much further than maybe a facebook post would right a rant Absolutely. on facebook a song can can carry much farther than Ugh. just words I love that. I love that. So you have a free event happening mm -hmm. September 17th. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Okay. So this is called find your authentic voice. Um, right now it's just in pre-launch mode. So if you sign up, you'll get an email confirmation. There's no content. There's just a little welcome because I am still putting it together, but Roughly what it will be is I'm going to give you the basics on how the voice works. It's a three part system. Uh, it's you are a wind instrument and you are an aerodynamic instrument, which is really cool. So there are three systems of speaking and singing. The first being airflow or pressurization, which is basically from here down your lungs, your abs, your diaphragm, your intercostal muscles. That's the first system. And that is our air support. 
The second system is your actual voice box or larynx is the um, official term. And that is basically a data center. And that is the vibration. The vibration comes from the voice box. And then we have resonance, which is the third system. And resonance gets me so fired up, <laughs> so fired up, I can't even stand it. And resonance is what gives you power. It's mm. what gives your voice the ability to talk or sing or, you know, give presentations for hours on end without ending up in that groggy uh, space mm -hmm. or like feeling vocal fatigue or losing your voice. So if you've ever gone to a concert before and you come home and you don't have a voice, um, that is because you haven't learned how to use resonance and you're putting all the power in the data center and the power center is up here. So pressure, vibration, resonance. And resonance is just one of those things that I'm still, I could spend all day thinking about it and talking about it because earlier when um, my hair stood on end, this is resonance. Mm -hmm. When I met you and immediately was like, I love Cindy. I don't know why I've never met you in person. I've spent a total of maybe 60 minutes with you or, you know, maybe an hour and a half now at this point, who knows, yeah. <laughs> but I immediately clicked and that is also resonance. And yeah. when you hear a speaker or a singer that you resonate with, what's happening is that the sound wave is traveling from them to you and you're taking it in and the way that your body in takes that sound wave in it like you start to mirror each other yeah so your body also does this your your bones like your cheekbones your jawbone your teeth the inside of your nasal cavity the inside of your mouth they all take the vibration created at your throat source and amplify it in different parts of your body which gives you anytime you start to amplify and mirror these sympathetic vibrations they come out and they they grow, they get bigger, they get more powerful. So just as the same way you would protect your voice and use it really efficiently, the way that it's intended to be used mm -hmm. is the same way you could start a movement. It's the same way you find your tribe. And Ugh, it's, so, I love that. it's so cool. I love that. So grab, I'm gonna make sure that the link is everywhere that this podcast goes out. So you can grab your spot in that. Carissa, I want to thank you so much for being part of Rebel Radio. And as always, I have one last question for you. What do you dream of for the world? Hmm. I really, truly dream of a world that is heart first, heart centered, that, that knows without any question that everything you say, do, think, and are is intertangled with everyone else and our natural environment, that you are so important and that there is no difference between doing something to yourself and doing something to someone else. It's the same. Oh, that resonates. <laughs> Thank you, Carissa. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired or you think that this can help somebody else land into a sense of self-mastery so that they can understand their own limitless power as well, please share this out, point them in the right direction, and help out another beautiful soul. I will see you next week.